Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. What's up, ACL Club? It's Jordan here again with another episode. This week, I am bringing you someone who I've tracked what she's doing over the last year in her ACL rehab with the ACL Club, and it's time for her to share some of her journey, to share some of the things that she has learned throughout the process. Luisa Meza is a beach soccer player. She has played uh, in international tournaments. She is a member of the beach soccer national pool and she just has a really great story of how she turned this love of sport uh, something that really drew her out of her shell at a young age and continued that to where she is now taking her to play for some of the best clubs in the world to now reaching and striving to get back on the beach to compete for her national team with the U.S. in beach soccer. This is a great episode. We dive into the hardest parts of recovery, the best soccer memory she had when she played abroad, and some advice that she wished she would have known going into ACL recovery. You guys are going to enjoy this. So without further ado, here she is, Luisa Mesa. All right, Luisa, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, you're out there in California. You look like yep. you're soaking up the rays. You've got a oh. nice tan. Yeah, I just finished training actually this morning. So yes, feeling oh. good. Well, that's yeah. good. This has been mm-hmm. quite the year, right? And we'll get Absolutely. into that. Uh, before we do, I want people to know a little bit more about you. I want to know a little bit more about you. I know yeah, we yeah. talked over Instagram, uh-huh. which has been amazing, but I want yeah. to know just how you got into the sport of soccer and what really drove you to want to play the sure. sport. Yeah. Um, so I started playing just as a young girl. Um, my father was an ex-professional from Mexico and it was kind of just in my blood, natural. Um, and I grew up in the Bay Area. And even at that time when I was playing um, on the girl side, it was still growing, still getting bigger. Um, but as I kind of grew up in the sport, it's just natural. it was so natural. And I just started having a strong passion for it. And then going traveling internationally and seeing how big of a game it is internationally, it just grew my passion more and more. Um, so I think, um, and it, it grew me as a player and a person because I was really, really shy growing up, like oh. extremely shy. And English was actually my third language. So what? Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I grew up speaking Spanish and Portuguese first. And okay. then when I went to school, I had a really hard time because uh, I had a really hard accent in, in English and um, it was hard to make friends. And, um, and then through soccer, I, I gained my confidence. Um, yeah. I started getting really confident in my skill and then just as a person in general. So I feel like I can attribute soccer to like my personal growth and like coming out of my like shy shell. And soccer is kind of an international language. You don't really need to know language that well to play the game. So I think I always held on to that aspect when I was growing up, when I was really quiet and secure on the new teams I would go on growing up because English, again, was really hard for me. Um, So, yeah, soccer has been an amazing kind of part of my life, um, my whole life. 
Yeah. That's cool that not only did it help you gain self-confidence, but mm. I, I feel like the thing that you really tapped into there is just how sport is allows people to connect on maybe levels that they wouldn't typically connect on. And it Absolutely. gave you that space to be you, even when you felt nervous about who you were, because I mean, now it is something that I'm sure everyone's like, what, you speak three languages? That's amazing. Yeah. But then when you're a kid, it, it feels very difficult when you don't feel like you're like other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I grew up in this area. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of international people. So it was even harder. And um, I think, yeah, just like you said, having a sport that you can really connect with people and communication in actual speaking is not like necessary so much. I think it's an awesome thing. And mm -hmm. like I said, it like really like developed me as a person. Um, and most people don't know English is my like third language. I still struggle some words I have, a, and I'm an English teacher now. Oh, so I, I teach still struggle English too. To international <laughs> students and some words I struggle with. Um, one word I would say is passport. I have to force myself not to say passaporte. Yeah. Um, and things like that come out not, uh, randomly and people say, Did, was that an English word? And I would throw in a Spanish or Portuguese word and I didn't even realize I did it. Oh my it. gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's I love cool. that. Our brains yeah. are am amazing. And Absolutely. soccer has really taken you, not only has it brought you out of your shell, but it took you to yeah. really cool places. You ended up taking your career to San Francisco State and playing yeah. college soccer there. What's yeah. What position did you play? Uh, center mid. Yeah, okay. I grew up playing center mid. I'm distributor. Yeah. You know what? I never was a center midfielder until later on in my career. And oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I really missed out. <laughs> what, what did you play normally? That was your first position. Anywhere else. Like, I Anywhere honestly else, like played. Outsides? Yeah, I was, I played every position yeah. growing up. Like, I was an outside midfielder. Then mm -hmm. I was an outside back and then in college I was a forward and then I was a center wow. back and then I was a midfielder. And so wow. it was, it's cool now, you know, like yeah. you said, now I have learned so much about the game because I played so many different sports, it was different positions, yeah. but I didn't realize, I knew like you always pass it to the center midfielder, but when mm -hmm. you are the center midfielder, <laughs> the ball a lot and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was always, um, I actually ended my 11 aside career at Man City playing outside left back and the, the, the wing scared me. The line absolutely terrified me. I liked the controlled chaos in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I went to Man City where they said, hey, we have like four mid center midfielders. They're like, you won't get a lot of playing time unless you will change positions. And I said, okay, I'm open and I'm willing. And so I actually ended up loving the outside. I ended up learning how to slide tackle really well, which like that was my, my main thing I ended on. And okay. I, I learned a whole new skill towards the end of my 11 side career. So that was kind of awesome too. Well, that's good because you were willing to adapt. And yes, I think that's absolutely. a really good thing that people learn during this process of recovery, but yeah. also if you learn that in different ways in your life and, or apply mm -hmm. it to different ways in your life, it's really key. And so you kind of hinted at it there. So you went to college, played mm -hmm. center midfielder there, and then yeah. you had the privilege of going to play overseas and really let your career take flight. What was that yeah. experience like going and doing what you loved at a level that yeah. you know, my job? Yeah, it was big. Um, I finished at San Francisco State and I started working marketing um, in San Francisco and I absolutely hated it, to be honest. Um, and I knew I still had a strong passion for soccer and I wasn't done. 
And so I told my parents, I said, hey, you know, I want to go to Europe. I have dual nationality with Portugal. I want to go and I want to play. You have your passaporte. I have my passaporte. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Now you know a new word. Um, so I asked, you know, I told my parents and my dad's like, okay, go for a year and then come back. I was like, okay. Um, so that was my intention. Um, so I went for a year and obviously loved it. And I played for Benfica, um, which is like my like passion, my, my family's team. And so I played for a couple of years and I learned kind of the Portuguese style, which is very technical, really, really technical. And then um, I had opportunity to teach my teammates English on the team, which led me to a connection to go to England, to Manchester. And that is a whole different game there. They're very direct play. So I had to adapt to like a new position and a new style. Within the first week, I was yelled at constantly for like keeping the ball and being super technical with the ball. And they're like, play direct. Like one, like, two, three. I, I want to dribble a little. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no. dribbling and being cheeky and turns and things like that. And they're like, no, you need to play the long ball. And so, yeah, being adaptive, I think, and being open to being adaptive mm -hmm. um, as, again, like as a soccer player is really important, but also in your life because things change so quick all the time and being willing to adapt to things and accepting to adapt to things, I think is a important part of being just a person in, in life in general. And I think, especially through my injury, that's the, that was the hardest thing to learn to adapt to everything that you have mm. to go through with the injury. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. I have one more thing because right. I want to, I do want to get into your injury and dive into that, but yeah. I want to know that you've got to have experienced some pretty cool things <laughs> playing for Benfica and Man yeah. City. Those yeah. are two of the, you know, top clubs in the world, if you think yeah. about it. And mm -hmm. So give us maybe one or two experiences that you just still are like, did this, was this real life? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I would say when I was, uh, actually was in more in beach soccer, um, I played for Benfica's rival sporting. Um, and it was very kind of random how I got the opportunity to go to play two years ago in the Euro Cup. And one experience that I had was meeting the Ronaldo of beach soccer, which is Madger. Um, and I, he, he is totally involved with um, the Portuguese national team for beach and also like um, sporting's national team or sporting's competitive team and mm -hmm. meeting him and getting the experience of being coached by him, like the best in the world. I, I can't even put into words what that was like. Um, and he's still my mentor today. And through my injury, he helped me a lot. Wow. Um, and I think I'm so grateful that I had the connection with him. He's the most humble person as well. Like being who he is, mm -hmm. uh, uh, just is so admirable seeing such a humble person. Like that's like the best in the world of the game, like voted like many years consecutively like Ronaldo and they're friends. Like it just, it blew my mind. I like, so I you're still, telling yeah. me fifth yeah. degree of separation. I basically know Ronaldo. Yes. <laughs> and his family's from the same group of islands that my family's from, which is oh, that's cool. like, uh, more awesome in Portugal. So yeah, that, that's really cool. And a note of just, again, I, I feel like sport is so cool in the way that it, mm -hmm. it brings us together. And the soccer world is really small. Yeah. It is. You, know, it you is. talk about Portugal and yeah. soccer versus grass soccer, all these yeah. things. 
it is a really small world and Absolutely. it's cool to know that when you meet people that they can live up to these like ideals that you might have of them. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And they're, and you're like, they're just a real person. They're like yeah. a normal person. They're like, they do everything like that we would do, but we idolize them. We put them in like this box, right. That we're like, Oh my yeah. God, you're this person. But when you talk to them, you're like, they're just people, yeah. you know? I want to know, how did you go from, so you had these great experiences at Benfica, at Man City. Yeah. How did you transition from there to go and play? Because mostly what you're doing now is beach soccer, is futsal, yeah. is yeah. a different surface type than grass yeah. soccer, which is, totally. I think, where everybody's mind goes originally when they think soccer. So why that transition? Um, yeah, and I just did it for fun, to be honest. Um, a couple people invited me to some tournaments in California, and I'm like, sure. And it was just for fun for a while until um, I went to Portugal two years ago to play in the Euro Cup. And it was interesting, a Spanish coach from one of the main teams uh, in, in Spain for beach soccer, uh, he saw some of my videos I posted training beach and he was like, oh, he's like, have you ever come to Europe to play? I said, yeah, for grass, but not for beach. And he's like, have you heard of the Euro Cup? And I said, kind of a little bit for yeah. beach soccer. And he said, one of my good friends, actually, he has, um, who's Portuguese, who needs some players for sporting. And this is when I, d I had no idea about Madger. And some of the guys I train with, they're like, you're playing for Madger? Do you know who he is? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, he's just Sorry, in the So uh, that's, it, that's how it happened, was through like a connection on social media and then connected me to this Portuguese team. And from then, that, that's like the best tournament for women uh, in the world, really. Um, and so I played against all different national team players for beach soccer from all over the world. And it was an amazing experience. And so from then, uh, I just kind of continued more serious into beach soccer and less into grass. I think it's a lot more fun. Um, it's very aerial. Like, it's a lot of juggling because the sand is so um, unstable. Mm -hmm. And um, I like that part. And I, I love juggling and moving like that and, like, side volleys and bicycles. And those things are, like, happens all the time in a oh game. Oh, my gosh. And I love it. And landing on sand is super fun. And that stuff and futsal is similar it's five five players five players okay um yeah and so I got around the same time like futsal and beach kind of came together for me which was pretty cool was it weird playing for sporting after you played for Benfica yeah my family hated me <laughs> <laughs> um actually so like half uh, I would say a quarter of my family is sporting and like Okay, and so they were know, okay with you. They were, like, was, they were like super prideful and proud, and I gave them my jersey, and like they have it. But I grew up like with like strong passion for Benfica, so it was a little strange for sure. But I would have to say ninety percent of the team that played beach soccer for Sporting were all Benfica fans. I was going to say <laughs> that's probably. a hidden joke. Right, yeah. you you're now playing futsal. You're playing beach, and this yeah. is kind of where this last year has come to. Yeah and you get injured had you been injured before was this kind of a new thing for you and it was absolutely new um yeah. i had been you know like slight like muscle pulls and like rolled ankle but nothing major and i had never really heard of what an acl is or like really and i had never knock on wood been around like too many players that have had that injury to be really honest like uh and i and it happened late in my career. So it, 
I, I had no idea to be really fair and honest. I didn't know what it was. Like I, I heard some teammates, like their knee was sore for some reason, but no like major surgeries on the teams that I played on, which is so rare, right? Like, oh. cause that happens all the time. And I was shocked. Like I, when I went to get my MRI and then I went to go get it read. And when she said, um, they did all the testing and they said, I don't think it's torn. I think something like maybe overstretched. And when they, the MRI obviously showed, um, and I mean, she told me and I, I didn't, I couldn't understand. I was like, my English, I felt like disappeared. I was like, what did you just say? Like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's torn. I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that means. And she was like, well, you're not going to be playing for a while. I'm like, what? Like, I, I couldn't understand because mm -hmm. I never had any friends that had gone through or anyone close to me. So I didn't really know what it was like and how long the recovery is and all of that. I had no idea. I mean, mm -hmm. the longest I had been out was like maybe a month with a rolled ankle or something, but that yeah. was it. So I had no idea how serious of an injury it actually is. I, I think this is really relatable because there's probably a lot of people who, you know, young or old feel yeah. the same way that this mm -hmm. happened and they're like, what now? What, what do I yeah. do? What was yeah. your initial reaction? Like, okay, you heard, you found, yeah. you tore your ACL. What yeah. did you do next? Like, what was the next thing that you were like, okay, how do I know? How do I learn more about this? Yeah. So, um, so I went to get it read and, you know, they're like, yeah, it's for sure torn. She's like, I want you to immediately see like a surgeon. So I got an appointment right away and he was amazing. He, you know, it was a lot of crying, like a lot, a lot of crying and I don't cry. And it was, uh, I didn't know how else to like have emotion. Like I, I just, I couldn't hold myself together cause I, I had never had an injury so big, you know? So he, he told me, listen, for you physically, you are super strong and like, it's no problem for you what this is going to go through, but you mentally, this is going to be the biggest thing that you've ever gone through. And him telling me that I still was like, no, I got this. Like I can do this. Like, it's not going to be a problem. And within, I would say the first week after my surgery, I was like, oh, this is, this is big. This is mm -hmm. going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started kind of, I was on my phone a lot, right? I was in bed for like a month and I started kind of popping more on social media. And then, um, I came across, you know, your group and, and then I started connecting with other people through your group that went through it around the same time. And it's so awesome. There's like three girls that we're still like really cool with. We're like, once the Corona stuff is gone, we're going to like see each other. One's in Sweden, um, one's in Georgia and one's in Colorado. And, oh my God. and we support each other through the whole process. And like, we like celebrated our like one year anniversary. We're within like a month of each other. Like, and I would say like, I'm so grateful that I got connected with this group, like, because it really was a savior. I mean, little things that no one understands, like they understood, right? Cause mm -hmm. they were going through it. Like the ones that were, two of them were two weeks ahead of me. And like one was a week before me and I could help her a little bit more from the advice I got from the girls that were a couple of weeks ahead and mm -hmm. just on little, little things. And we're like, where's your extension at? Where's your, your reflection at? Like, and we would like support each other through all the little milestones, you know, like, um, so I think, going through that process and then being connected with these people that I would have never connected yeah. with had I have not gone through this injury was pretty amazing. 
that's exactly what I pictured this to be when I created it is these micro communities, these little people. One, I wanted to create something where people felt that they belonged and they were understood and in that much so, but I also want people to know that in this process of recovery, you are empowered to make it what you want it to be. Yes. And by giving you this platform and saying, Hey, follow along. Everybody has the opportunity to do what you just did. Yeah. Those girls in you just, yeah. did, right. Yeah. Is to say, to look at one of the posts and be like, Oh, how far out are you? Let's yeah. chat and connect yeah. with someone because totally. this is, you know, you talked about the beauty of social media earlier and how that connected you with the speech team in yeah. Portugal. Mm-hmm. But like, this is the beauty of social media as well. It's like you mm-hmm. have now been a significant part of each other's recovery yeah. in a way that yeah. is so beautiful and not comparing, but like really encouraging and yes. learning yes. at the same time, how to celebrate other people's wins, even when yes. you don't feel like you're in the season of winning, even when yes. you feel like you're in the week where you're like, nothing's going right in this week. Mm-hmm. And you can still say, oh, but I see you and yeah. I appreciate uh-huh. what you're doing. Yes. And um, I think that perspective is really helpful in this entire it is. process. And I want to like, absolutely thank you like so much. Um, oh, it's been, you did that though. You know that. Yeah. But you, you also have created this platform of going through it yourself and understanding that you wanted to connect people to have this opportunity to go through this, but also it's a club. I forgot what you're, you're saying. It's a club that like, you never really wanted to get in, but you are. And once you're in, you're in and like, yeah. uh, it's, I feel so grateful to be honest that I, this has happened. Like I really yeah. do at the, I mean, there was many phases where I absolutely would not agree with that saying, but, um, now looking back on it, like I'm such a better person for it. I don't take anything for granted the days that I'm tired or feel lazy about training. I'm like, no, remember when I was in bed hitting my pillow cause I couldn't even walk and I wanted to run. And now every, like every time I train, I like just do a little prayer in the head and say, mm-hmm. I'm grateful like for this, like, and to take mm-hmm. each training and, and just love it. And, um, and That's since cool. my injury, uh, now I've seen people go through the injury and now like my band that I had that I got from you, I gave it to one of my, my teammates from futsal and I gave it to her when she was going through, I'm like, this band served my purpose. Now it's ready to go mm. to someone else. So I gave her my band and the sisterhood of the um, traveling band. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like I said, it's just, it's an awesome experience. It, it is an awesome experience for an yeah. athlete. Like, and I remember my surgeon saying, you know, athletes that come through from this, they're stronger. And he's like mentally and physically. And he's like, not everyone comes back. A lot of people, it's difficult. It's, and I, so many moments, it was so hard. I'm like, how, I remember the first time I juggled, um, it was like two or three and I was so, I was crying. I was crying. I'm like, how can I only juggle two or three? I can get like 2,000. I'm like, I don't know how am I going to ever come back? And, but you do, you know, and our bodies are so resilient and amazing, like machines, you know? And, um, yeah, like I said, I think going through it, I'm, I'm very humbled going through it. And I'm a better player, I think, because of it. Mentally better mm. player because of it. Yeah. It's really interesting because you hit on so many things that I wanted to talk to you about. Like what I read in one of your your posts that you said mm-hmm. going through ACL recovery is one of, uh, it's not only the most humbling thing I've ever been through. Mm-hmm. I learned the most about life and I'm yeah. really 
for this experience. And I think yeah. you just explained, you know, I, I wanted to say, well, tell us why, tell us why you believe yeah. it. You just yeah. explained exactly that. It's really interesting to adapt your brain's perspective of what it means to be a, a mentally strong athlete. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you were an athlete at the highest level and yeah. you have to be mentally strong in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And you, to me, just explained mental strength also with this caveat of expressing emotions, learning to deal with emotions yeah. yes. and finding that it can be beautiful and it can be really difficult in the same mm-hmm. vein. Yeah, it, absolutely. I think so I was just at the height of like really moving into beach and all I wanted was a national team. And mm-hmm. like for the last two years from 2018 to last, uh, beginning of last year was really uh, 2017 to 2019. And, um, I got injured in March and, um, three months later they started the national team for beach soccer and I was devastated. It like, it literally took my heart and just crushed it. And I said, why, why now? Like this is, they just had this and I'm ready. And now this happened. And I, it was a dark, I had a few moments of real darkness, pure darkness of like knowing that I should be there. I worked so hard for this. And mm-hmm and I'm watching my friends, my teammates, and yeah. I'm struggling. Like, and that was in my very too. early stages yeah. where I'm like, I can't even walk. And what's the point? Hard. Like I literally, yeah. thought, mm-hmm. what's the point at times, yeah. which is yeah. like incredibly sad to think that like I got to that, that yeah. level, but yeah. it is you. And I want people listening to understand that when you give so much of your life to something, it hurts when you can't yeah. have that thing that you want. Yeah. But you are more than just that one thing. Yes. And you don't realize that until you're taken from it. Mm-hmm. And it really forces you to reflect on who you are as a person other than this one passion that you really have. And so I have always been probably since college started to coach like, uh, cause I, my coach was like, you're a natural leader. I've always been kind of captain, that kind of a thing. And, and so through this injury, um, my, my, our professional team I played for here, NorCal, um, beach soccer, we were going through like different changes and we didn't really have a coach. And during my injury this last year, I transitioned to being coach, which was a massive, change and really difficult getting my teammates to see me as their coach not their teammate Mm -hmm. but I grew so much within that like as a coach but also as a player and um I think we weren't gonna have a coach we weren't probably gonna have opportunities to we went to Turkey last year and played in like the world winners cup we're ranked ninth in the world now and I think I feel very grateful that I had the opportunity to push our team to that level um and you know had this not have happened I don't know who would have been our coach or if we would have even had somebody to give that time Mm. that it took to be our coach. And, um, so that I'm really grateful for too, is that I had the opportunity to be a coach at the, at a high level for women, which I want to do when I finish my career. Um, but to have that experience as a coach and see the game in a whole different way, um, at, at a very high level, um, for beach soccer, especially cause it's very, it's a more newer sport for me, you know? So I think, again, I'm so grateful for my injury during my recovery. I was still part really close to the game because 
uh, I was in it. I was coaching in it and I would have been training in it, but I had a different role at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my really good teammates, she said, don't hide. Like the one thing that you need to do is just don't hide. Um, and there were moments when the national team happened. I just wanted to hide. I was like, I want to go away. I like, don't want to see anything. And she's like, have those moments. Those moments are good, right? Like when you need to step away and not watch things because it hurts, like that's, that's good, but you need to come out of that. And, and she really helped me to like get out of my shell a lot. Um, and cause I was reverting back to being shy again and like reclusive and I'm like, that's not me. Like, and when we knew of more opportunities for our NorCal team uh, to be able to travel abroad and play in these high tournaments, my, my teammates said, why don't you coach us? Like you are our captain anyway, why don't you coach us? That's all you, that's what you can give to us now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're right. I'm like, and so I presented it to my team and they're like, absolutely. Yes. So it gave, that was another push for me to, um, escalate my recovery and like really push myself, um, to, to train. And when I finally was able to train with them and coach with them, they were just like, like they were crying and I was crying. I was like, Oh my God, I like can play with you guys again. Like wow, what a cool yeah, so moment. It was, it was, it was in Turkey towards the end of our trip. Um, and we had one last training and my friends are like, like play a little, like don't coach us anymore. We're done with the tournament. Like play a little. And yeah, that was amazing. And um, I think now me coming back and them seeing like my whole like year of, you know, going through coaching and now returning as a player, it's just come full circle. And like, again, I feel so grateful for this injury that has mm -hmm. opened my eyes to so many things that yeah. I would have never understood had I have not gone through the injury. I'm a total believer of everything happens for a reason. And yeah. I know some people aren't and I am. And if you are too, that's great. But I also yeah. think that you can look at this in a way that like, even if you don't think everything happens for a reason, you are mm -hmm. presented with the choice to see yeah. what other things open up. Yes. And you chose to, even, even though it was hard and difficult mm -hmm. in moments, you chose to accept that there was going to be a cool new opportunity for you. And you yeah. could have not chosen that. And yeah. I think that this is what I want to empower people who are going through the process with is like, no matter what you're going through in life, there's going to be difficult seasons and you yeah. have a choice to say like, I am going to stay in this or I'm going to fight mm -hmm. to get through it. Right. And it's cool that the fight doesn't, it's not like it's easy. No. But when you go through it and you're accepting of these new things that might present themselves, you really are able to find that you can flourish in a lot of different environments and you can learn so much about yourself in these, these toughest times. Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Every, I believe too, everything happens for a reason, good or bad. And sometimes it's hard to see why the bad happens because in life, it's my mom always says it's like an ocean like it doesn't stop it doesn't stop and sometimes it's super stormy and crazy and sometimes it's calm and mellow um but being again i think the word adaptable um and adapting to the situations that it's it's how you react to situations situations happen whether you want them to happen or not they they will happen good or bad and it's how you react to them right mm -hmm. and I think something so foreign to me of being injured, I, it, 
it was uh, something in, I think every athlete kind of knows it's a possibility. It's like, it's there, it's possible, but you yeah. don't ever believe it's going to happen to you. You're like, oh, it happens to other people. Or, yeah. Especially and, I think if you work hard, you're like, oh, I worked hard. I shouldn't have that because I, yeah. I was I like, I was don't so deserve strong. that. I'm like, how yeah. did this happen? And my surgeon's like, it just, it happens. He's like, it happens to the most elite, elite athletes. And you know, it's not, it, it's just one weird movement or something can happen. And he's like, it's life. It happens. And it's true, but it's how you react and what you do after it. And mm -hmm. I think I would say the moments where it's sad, be sad. Like you, I think in the beginning I was trying to be too strong. I was like, I'm not sad. I'm like, I'm better. I'm strong. And like, because an athlete, you, you push through like things that are really tough, right? Like, and I think, um, you have to go through the sadness and let allow yourself. It's like a grief, right? It's like mm -hmm. losing someone or something, Absolutely. you know, and I think allowing yourself to feel that and then saying, okay, I felt that now I need to move on and I need to go through, but it's recovery is not straightforward. I remember like three or four months in, I was like, my knee was killing me. I'm like, what? I thought I was good now. Like, and why am I <laughs> like, and I get random days where I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel good. I'm like, how is this a year and a, few, a bit after? I'm like, mm -hmm. why does it hurt? And then other days it's like, it feels amazing. So I think it's an ongoing thing, you know? And, um, but again, it's like how you react. Right. To how things hit you. Do you wish you would have known something before you started this yeah. whole, what do you wish you would have known? Um, I wish I would have known like more about my body, I think, and more about, uh, everything's connected. Right. And I think I learned a lot in the process of understanding, like, you know, your glute, your hamstring, your quad, like everything, how it's all connected. And then when one's lacking, the other one's compensating. Mm -hmm. I feel like even at the level that I played in, I, I didn't understand my body's capacity, I think to its fullest. And then now I, had I have known that then maybe I, I would have been able to, I don't know, maybe prepare my body more, or at least when I was more in recovery, I wish I knew that already so I could help myself more, yeah. but I was learning it along the way. But I think now I have the knowledge and I'm able to share like yeah. others that are going through it who maybe they were similar that they didn't know as much. And I'm like giving them little tips that I learned along the way, you know? And I think again, with your group, um, the, the girls that were two weeks ahead of me, they were like, okay, like I'm going through this, this could help you. I'm like, oh, or like, um, a pillow to help like my leg, like go up and, and keep my knee extended. I'm like, I didn't know about this pillow. <laughs> like <laughs> Little things like that. Like, you know, um, but I think sharing knowledge is what mm -hmm. like life's all about and helping people. And, you know, um, had I have known a little bit more in the beginning, I think I would have been able to help myself a little bit more, but mm -hmm. I now have the tools to help others. Yeah. Um, were you scared when you were returning back to sport? Um, no, actually I was ready. Cool. I, everyone kept saying that, are you, are you scared? And like, my team was like, okay, I don't want to touch you. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, little by little. Yeah. Like, don't like go full, like hammer me down, but um, <laughs> like pressure. Please on don't me. sigh volley, Mary. Don't dive and like take my <laughs> out again. Um, so no, I wasn't. I, I think I was mentally ready. It's more mental than physical really. Cause my body was super strong. I like had trained so much with my, my trainer and, um, 
what do you think got you to that point where you felt like you were mentally ready? Um, like, what are the things that you did to help yeah, you on the um, I wrote a lot in a journal. Um, and people think I'm crazy and they, I know, like I write, I tell this, I say this all the time. They're like, yeah. I'm like journal. Yeah. Just because there, there's honest, there's so much research about just writing things down without thinking about grammar or anything, just like right. almost like word vomit. Mm-hmm. It honestly helps you heal and people don't believe me and they think, oh, I'm not writing like dear diary. Yeah. But it does help so much. It does. And so now it's been a year and I don't know, a few months later. And like, I, I remember my year anniversary, I looked back on it and it like, I like was crying and really happy and like going through the whole, it's like reading a book for the second time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you're, you're different, right? When you read a book, different phases of your life, right? Yep. And that's what it's like. And I'm so glad I did it. And I think I got a lot out um, that was mentally like in my, in my head going through like different emotions of the recovery. And I think getting it out on paper really allows you to, especially if you do it freely, like you said, like, don't think yeah. about it, just write. Yeah. And, um, I would, you know, review it every few days and be like, Whoa, that's what I was feeling like two days ago. And I'm like totally different place now. And I think that helped my mental stability like a lot. Um, and, and just to show you that things don't last forever. Yeah. That yeah, feeling like, of doom and gloom does not last forever. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and feeling happy doesn't last forever yeah. either. My brother's like, you can't taste, what does he say? You can't taste the sweet without the bitter. Like you have to have both. Like in order to have the sweets of life, you have to go through the bitter. And Mm -hmm. it's so true. And I think, um, yeah, writing a lot of stuff down really helps. Um, I have quotes like all over the place in my room. Uh, One of my friends, she gave me a, a cool bouquet in the very beginning. And on the bouquet, put a lot of like inspirational quotes and they're still all over in my bathroom, like in my like workout room. And I think having the, like words of inspiration are really good for you too. Um, a lot of like, I did different things like yoga, like mm-hmm. and that allows you to slow down. And I, I'm so fast all the time. Um, and so I think being able to mentally slow down and stretch and feel your body more like um in a different kind of way i mm-hmm. think that really helped me mentally to get back to have this like calmness people are like you're more mellow now and i'm like i am but the, i like i don't realize other people are sensing that for me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah really you like you've really changed you know like it's yeah. changed you and not like you're still you but it has brought out different sides of you that you weren't aware of before yeah exactly and having again, other, like you find other passions. Like, uh, I like riding bikes now and I used to hate riding bikes. Like, yeah, right. I know people have a love hate with the bike and I'm like, yeah, but now I enjoy going for a bike ride and I yeah. never, and doing yoga and stretching. And like, that's a morning routine I do. And I never used to stretch ever. Like I hate stretching and now I love it. It's like yeah. something that I've taken and adopted. And I think that connects your mind and body together. And I mm-hmm. think that's why I was present. It's the, yeah. the power of presence and mindfulness and, and all that. Yeah. And I think those are all really good things and great takeaways for people who are listening. I, I think everyone's curious. So where, you know, we heard you're back on, you're back on the, yeah. 
Yeah. So where yeah. are you right now? And, and one thing I did want to ask before maybe you got, get to where you are right now, do you yeah. feel like when you initially heard that that U.S. team was going to happen mm-hmm. and you were injured, yeah. it was really painful, but do you feel like that's a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it ended up driving you to get back? Oh, absolutely. Like it was the, one of the darkest moments of my life to, to be so pushing for this national team to happen. And I wanted it so bad and then happened and then it happened. And I like where it was nowhere near being able to play when it happened. And, um, seeing like the successes that were happening within the team and not being a part of it. I was like, Mm. Oh my God, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a part of this. And I think that drove me more to make my comeback stronger. Mm. And ironically, uh, March, uh, March 13th is my birthday and I was born on Friday 13th and this Friday 13th was I think the beginning of the COVID yeah it was the national team tryouts and it was going to be in San Francisco in my home area for the national beach team and it was ironic I'm like and this is my comeback like and it was supposed to be that weekend three-day camp and ended up being canceled because of the COVID it was very crazy uh, and I was really upset at the time. Yeah. This is going to be my birthday present to try out for the national <laughs> my comeback. But uh, one of my teammates said, you know what? This just allows you more time to be even that much ready. Right. Yeah. yeah. True. Like at that time, I, it's, it was a, a little less than a year um, anniversary. And I was like, mm-hmm. I feel good. But I think now I feel even more ready. Like because of this COVID, I've had a lot more time to train and like get really, really strong. And um, it just makes me hungrier now. Like, yeah. um, and, and yeah. isn't always the worst option. Right. Exactly. I, I do think just he, seeing you and hearing you talk about how you could, you've used this time to get stronger and you feel more mm-hmm. confident and that your comeback is going to be that, that much better. Mm-hmm. I, I hope people hear that and know, like, I don't have to get back in a certain amount of time. I don't have yeah. to do this. Like there yeah. is no have to in this. It is, you will get back. Yep. And it will be when you're ready to get back. It's not yeah. going to be in nine months. It's not going to be in six months. It's going to be when you're ready. And that is going to be different for every single person. I, I, I didn't understand that at first. Like I said, oh, I'm going to get back six months, seven months. Oh max. yeah. Well, because we're athletes and that's how we think. <laughs> yeah. And then six months happened. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> like I'm not <laughs> or mentally. I'm like, I don't know what I had in my mind that that was going to happen. But then I know some people that they, they have six months. Yeah. And and that's cool with them. But, and I think the the most difficult thing is constantly having like people ask you, when are you coming back? When are you? And I'm like, I, and I would always say when I'm ready. And they're like, when is that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Like when my body and my mind feel ready. Cause you I know didn't. What? That's a really good answer. Cause it, it alleviates the expectations. Yeah. Within exactly. yourself. Like, yeah, and, and then other people too saying, Oh, I thought you said, you know, this month you're ready. And mm-hmm. I would feel let down. Right. Right. So I knew I wanted to be mentally and physically ready. I didn't, cause if you're physically ready, but not mentally, I think that's more dangerous. You're, you start compensating and doing weird things. Mm-hmm. And that's how people re-injure because they're physically, they're good, but then mentally they're doing things that are not natural and their body's getting confused. So I knew yeah. I needed to be in sync both to mm-hmm. make that happen properly. Yeah. And I was willing to wait longer to make sure that that happened. Like, all right. So we're still kind of waiting on that. So we'll keep, we'll keep in touch. We'll, we'll make sure that we celebrate that all together. Not just your, your micro 
ACL club, everybody <laughs> celebrates. Um, yeah. what, what, what else is going on right now? Anything? I know you mentioned beach soccer, but anything else you want to like really, do you want to shine a light on beach soccer and what's going on there? Because there are some really great things that are happening. Yeah, absolutely. So with the start of our national team last year, um, it was a good start for, for the team. And I think, uh, they're, we're ranked eighth now. And so we're, we have a new coach, um, for the men's and the women's side. And we've been doing zoom trainings for almost two months now and we do strength and conditioning in the week. And so it's not a when, or it's not an if, but it's a when it's going to happen. And it's like, I think the continual thing is like, don't just be ready. So you don't have mm -hmm. to get ready. So yeah. that's like what I have in my mind. Cause especially now with instability of everything, I think you just have to, as an athlete, you just, it's like with the sports that are coming up randomly, the professional league starting. And I'm sure those athletes, maybe some are more prepared than others. And yeah. I think for myself, um, you know, it's going to happen soon. It's, you know, whether it's a month or two months, I mean, that's soon for me. Um, it's just to be physically ready. And I think I definitely want to shout out for the national team and I, I'm stoked to, you know, I'm in the pool and I'm working really hard and it's my dream to, you know, represent my country. And, um, I think any athlete, that's the highest you can get. Yeah. Do you anticipate at some point this will be a Olympic sport? Uh, yes, I think so. And that's the goal and the hope, the dream. But yes, Sweet. I believe it will be. Yeah. Cool. All right, Louisa, this has been, gosh, there's so many good things that I feel like we touched on here. And I just love your energy and your smile. And this has <laughs> been a fun chat. Before I let you go, I always ask everybody at the end of the podcast sure. is, what does, uh, the, the podcast is called Show Your Scars. So right. what does Show Your Scars mean to you? Um, I think... It, it just is a symbol of uh, perseverance. So like one of my sayings is passion, patience, perseverance. And I think when I look at it, I, I know those three words and I see those three words in my scar. And for a long time, I was really scared to show my scar. And I was like, it's ugly, but I'm so proud of it. It's like my, I have a few tattoos, but this scar is the best tattoo ever. Like, you know, oh, it, look at that. I it's, love that. Beautiful. it's so beautiful. When I look at it, I'm like, so proud of it. Um, mm -hmm. and I used to kind of like cover it up with my hand if I was like sitting somewhere now I'm like, no, look at it. Like, it's beautiful. I love it. Like me too. It's, it's a symbol of, That's cool. you know, uh, like just being strong. Like, you know, I, I think all scars are that way. Like when you look at them, some, somebody's gone through something to have a scar, right? Like, yeah. and a lot of scars emotionally, you can't see, but this one is there and you can't deny it. You can't hide it. It's there. And I love it. It's open. Everyone can see it. Yeah. That's, so, that's awesome. Yeah. You did mention earlier before you do stuff. Now you say like a little thank thankful prayer. Yeah. Um, I kiss my knee after I work out. You? I like, oh, I kiss awesome. my knee. Cause I'm like, I'm so thankful for you. Like you've been yeah. through a lot, but you are, you are a warrior knee. Like yes. it's amazing. Cause yes. I actually think it's really important that gratitude builds this, this space within our hearts to accept what's happened and be able to live and appreciate what we have. So Absolutely. Um, I love, awesome. I like that you do that. Yeah. I, I grab the sand and then I do a little prayer and then I let the sand go and then I'm like, okay, like I feel good. And with my knee, it's like, I look at it a lot after I take a shower, I still put like my bio oil on it and still uh -huh. like 
get it all moisturized and I'm like, dang, like this, you've gone through a lot. Like you've been through a lot, but right. like, you're still going, you're still oh. going. Yeah. Yep. That's the story of life, right? You've yes. gone through a lot, but you're still going. Louisa, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining Thank me. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. It was awesome. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode of Show Your Scars. I think Louisa is inspirational to say the least. She had so many good points in there and also sparked an idea for me, which I'm really grateful for. How about the empowerment to use the ACL club to create your own little micro ACL club with these women that she now helps and supports and they're still friends a year after and probably will be friends throughout the rest of their lives because they shared an experience together that was really powerful. We are here just to facilitate those relationships, right? To make you feel acknowledged and welcome and understood. But I also want to empower you that this is your journey. You're in control and you can do what you want with it. So I really hope that you choose growth. I hope that you choose to make the decision that you're going to walk through things even when they're difficult because we believe in you and we want you to believe in yourself as well. Thank you guys for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for rating and reviewing it. It means a lot to me. And we will be back soon enough for the next episode of Show Your Scars. But until then, go out there and show your scars with pride.